1: Here we are, Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn here. Yeah, it's safe to turn on that radio for these next three hours. We're going to be here just regaling one and all with whatever wisdom we can come up with today. Usually we come up with some wisdom here and there, a few like zinger points to make. Fascinating three hours, 4 to 7 p.m. We just flat out own this time slot. You're invited 303-696-1971 to check in with us as the program goes on. Big salute to the 710 KNUS callers out there. Some very smart, very sharp, very high IQ, highly informed people out there. And just good to share a little company with you here. And not to do too much flattery, but I just sincerely mean it. (laughs) It really is the case. As, yes, we live in the Biden era in which, um, yeah, Biden has hit record low polls. The Gallup data has come just like goes down a little bit every time I show up around here. Wearing his polls around his ankles is Joe Biden, who's tested positive again for COVID somehow or another after two vaccines and two boosters and all kinds of medications. And I guess he was positive, then negative, then positive. So he's back into isolation, which doesn't really, uh, I think, change a whole lot about Joe Biden's life. The most isolated basement campaign, the basement presidency this country has ever, ever observed. And we are technically in a recession. And should I even have to say technically? Well, that's what That's what the Biden administration, the powers that be, the establishment is full on trying to deny that we are in a recession now after our second straight quarter of negative GDP growth. And boy, the the frenzy is on to somehow muddy and obscure the labeling and the definitions. And it's pure Orwellian Orwell to see them try to deny the recession. We've got some clips on that. We'll just go through it. Uh, it's very clear what the traditional definition of a recession has been, but apparently the commentators and the establishment individual have decided that, uh, oh, the to label it a recession might not help Democrats in the 2022 election. So we have to find a way to not label it that or at least muddy it or obscure that labeling a little bit and i just wonder i mean i know that there's a lot of people out there that are so much less informed than are the voters right around here at seven ten k in u.s i mean are they gonna buy that oh they said it's probably not a recession so it's probably not are they gonna really go for that how many people do you think are actually gonna sit there and and take that they take so much stuff it's uh Declining subset of the population, though, as I pointed out last week, more Gallup data has has trust in television media at 11%, all-time low in this country. So it's like the 11% that trust the media are going to say, okay, it's not a recession. And 16% of the population has high level of trust in newspapers. That's how they phrased it in the Gallup poll data. That's a really small subset, that tiny little... 11 to 16 percent, all partisan, extreme leftists who just just get served up their propaganda, and they like that just fine. They think that's just great. Yeah, they just live their lives, unfortunately, in complete and total ignorance. And Plato, the philosopher, used to say that a life is not worth living if it is lived in ignorance. If, you know, you just skim across life on that ignorant cloud of, not knowing what's really happening, and uh, is life really worth it? No, that's part of why we are here, and that's part of why you are here. I did enjoy Brian Deese, the liberal world order guy, the top Biden economic advisor, say, well, at least we're not having a famine. I mean, yeah, it's uh, not great economic news, and yeah, food's getting more expensive, but hey, at least it's not a famine. <laughs> that's where we are right now. And that leads me to a point that there is talk and speculation of Donald J. Trump running for the presidency again in 2024. It's rumbling. You can hear it. You can see the hints dropping. You can hear the commentariat all aflutter with this potential. And I will say the first, what, almost two years of Joe Biden, has that been like the best advertisement for Donald Trump that anybody could ever conceivably come up with. I mean, is that what Biden is trying to do? Is that what the establishment is trying to do, is to screw up this country so incredibly and indubitably badly that they make Trump look like even better than he actually was, which he was great, yeah? Maybe that's a, that's like this big two-year advertisement to destroy the economy, to destroy the country, to just... Make sure that everybody's feeling down in the dumps and it's bad news every day and demoralize the American people to such a point that, yeah, maybe it's like a a big advertisement, one big, long advertisement for Donald Trump 2024. At any rate, I might throw this out there um, to callers to see what you think. I mean, the media is going to be full on against they're going to they're going to freak out if Trump runs again. If he does announce, should he do it before the 2022 election, before November, or should he do it after, if he does run? Might ask that question. But uh, we could have some very interesting phone calls should people care to be checking in on that topic. And, um, of course, uh, some people who listen to this program might know where I stand on some of that. But, you know, I'm not 100% locked in, but I think it would be pretty cool to see Donald Trump run for office again. Is there an alternative to Donald Trump? Is there anybody else standing between you and a future life of eating bugs? Yeah, the globalists, the global elites, the people that run the world and run the Washington Beltway Corridor. Um, their future vision is to um, have you eating bugs and liking it, owning nothing and liking it because they're going to own everything for you. Yeah, you don't have to own anything because they're going to own it for you. You can rent your pot and... You know, you can watch your propaganda on your screens. And they're going to, by the way, WEF is coming out, putting more pressure on, hey, cars. We, uh, we don't want cars anymore. Uh, cars are very retrograde. We just as soon get rid of the cars. So I don't know. You won't have a car in the future. And I, is anybody else out there capable of standing up to that future? They're going to take the farms. They're going to take the cows. In fact, it's kind of interesting that the World Economic Forum, their view of cows and the Green New Deal's view of cows is they're anti-cow, but they're also anti-people. So when you when you look at how these globalists talk about and think about and reference cows, guess what? It's the exact same with people. They don't like people. They're just anti-people. They want fewer people. They want less people. They don't like people. The people are a a real pain to them and Sometimes people will disagree with the dictates that come down from on high, from the Klaus-Schwab types in the world. And the people really are a nuisance. And don't you notice that our politicians and our media people, they really talk to people and they they regard people as a burden and a nuisance. It's just, just a real pain that, that people are out there, you know, kind of like, you know, cows. You know, cows, at least they're easy to herd around, easier to herd around, you know put them in the corral send them to the slaughterhouse but the people are, you know especially in America with the second amendment we're just somehow not as easy to just uh, corral like that so we have to be censored and we have to be shut up and we have to be threatened by the media you know what I'm you know what I'm saying that's 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 some stuff we can talk about but should Trump run again I've been asked by some folks to maybe clarify a few things about some January 6th committee stuff that have been been mentioned around a little bit, and so I might dig into a little bit of January 6th just to, once again, try to make sure that there at least some clarity is out there, that some of the indisputable truths about January 6th are out there, because there, man, is there ever a blizzard of Liz Cheney-inspired, Adam Schiff-inspired disinformation about January 6th, and it just boggles my mind how you sit and watch the lies flow one after another after another, and is there any remedy to it? But maybe this first hour, we'll just joke around a little bit and have fun a little bit and get to some heavier stuff as the program goes on. The Ukraine blacklist, I'm really ticked I didn't get on there. I want to be on the Ukraine blacklist. I deserve that. Should Mike Pence run for president? What a zero. Pence will be a zero. Oh, man. Be right back. Yeah, there we go. Coming in with some Mike Ness, Prison Bound. Love that rockin' song. It's Backbone Radio. It's Matt Dunn here. And one thing I have noticed, uh, I spend, you know, a decent amount of time at the gym, you know, pumping the iron, doing stuff like that. And I never watch late night TV. I never watch TV. I'm a spoken person. I'm a radio person because you can actively do stuff. You can be in motion, you know. You can be doing some training and catching up on chores and activities while you've got well, you've got some radio or some books in your ears. But at any rate, at the gym, you see all these, these TV screens on, and sometimes I'm in there in the evenings, later evenings, pumping the iron. Highly recommend we do that, especially in the Biden era. Everybody, even if you're like me and you can only lift like four pounds on a good day, if you lift it like three or four times, eventually you're getting somewhere. Pretty soon you're on to five pounds. At any rate, you see the late night TV comedians on all this array of screens around, and you see that they're always, you know, smiling, and it's always joke, joke, trying to be funny, and it's always um, it's always far left-wing material propaganda stuff. You know, late night comedy is no longer funny because it somehow got... Taken over by the propagandists that somehow got the you know, I think the intelligence community has somehow like got its tentacles into late night television and the networks and all that, and there's a lot of embeds, which are not funny, but at any rate, Jimmy Fallon did make one exquisitely rare joke at joe biden 's expense, and i I do think this should count as an act of courage. We'll see if Jimmy Fallon ends up losing his show. For having said this, but here's here's a decent point. You know, it's kind of funny, I guess. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, even though he tested negative, uh, not that much changes for Biden. He still works from home, avoids crowds and takes 20 pills a day. (laughs) That's right. Biden is covid
0: free. He even gave a quick speech from the White House Rose Garden. Sounds like he's back to his old self. Take a listen. Millions of Americans have used Paxlovid. Paxlovid, excuse me. Paxlovid. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I think it's, I used it. <laughs> Welcome back, Mr.
1: President. Welcome back. There you go. And I just point that out, and of course it's a pretty mild and pretty bland statement to make about Joe Biden and his total decrepitude and record low poll data and recession upon us destroying america one day at a time and you know late night comedy never never goes after the guy they they never they're just that's just you know orders come from somewhere you do not make fun of Joe Biden you do not do that uh, cuz remember this is orwell's america There is no free speech. And um, when Trump was in office, and even still, you know, four years, five years, six years, they just ripped Trump every minute of every show in the late night shows. But you have to dig deep to find even one specimen of a joke at Joe Biden's expense. And we found it. There it was, Jimmy Fallon. And, of course, we wish joe biden well with his covid diagnosis that apparently keeps recurring even after a couple of vaccines and a couple of boosters and the rest of the stuff so um anyway he uh, came out strong babbling more nonsense and one more bit of uh, babbling of nonsense um kamala harris shows up and uh heading up a meeting and she's supposed to have gotten new speechwriters but uh, I'm not seeing any evidence of new speechwriters, or at least the speechwriting talent has declined. I think she's burned through like three or four speechwriters, and they, each one's like worse than the one before. Anyway, she um, wants to introduce herself and use her pronouns. They got pronouns from Kamala Harris. And she says that, you know, after she does her pronouns, she says she's wearing a blue dress. And um, <laughs> the funny thing about this clip, you have to see it visually, but she actually looks down at her dress to make sure it's a blue dress after she said she's wearing a blue dress. And I just thought I'd bring that in. This is the comedy segment here.
2: Uh, Good afternoon, I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris, my pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And,
1: um, blue suit. Yes. She had to look down. Did you hear that little pause? That was her looking down to say, Oh, I'm wearing a blue suit. Anyway, this whole pronoun thing, uh, who's all into the pronoun thing? Who likes that? Where exactly did that come from? And why is it like spreading through the woke, through the woke Orwellian land we live in? I don't know. Who out there spends a lot of time thinking about their pronouns and maybe, uh, Wanting to, you know, come up with a, a more accurate pronoun or a more detailed pronoun. Who, anybody out there doing that? I didn't think so. I, I didn't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to get to some phone action here again. 303-696-1971. Let's say hello to artists. Artists, welcome to the program. How have you been, Artis?
2: I have been fine, Matt. How are you?
1: I am doing very well, and I I hope you appreciated the humor from Jimmy Fallon. That's the only joke that'll be made about Joe Biden during the entire Biden administration, and you just heard it right there.
2: Yeah. um, I have never watched Jimmy Fallon, so obviously I'm not overly impressed, but, um, you know, I'm much older than you, and I remember, I guess it was, I don't know if it was a fairy tale or a rhyme, but learning about winkin blinkin and nod. And I now think though that that's who's running the country because we have somebody or some persons running the country and they're winking at us, trying to make us believe that as they pull the strings that Joe Biden is actually in charge, which he is not. Mm-hmm. Lincoln is the named persona on the group and then nod is Joe, who just does whatever he's told, nods, and goes ahead. So yes, yes, I'll go ahead and go run. back to
1: the basement. Yeah, I'll go back and sit down in the basement like a like a uh-huh. good boy. That's yeah. That's your so Biden. So we are being
2: run by Lincoln, Lincoln, and Nod. They and have come to fruition.
1: Yeah, and that's that's why it's you know at some point and maybe that Jimmy Fallon joke. At some point, the left is going to, you know, turn against Biden a bit. They probably won't do it before November, but they will turn on him and they will hang him out to dry and they will blame all the bad stuff on him. They will call it a recession after the election.
2: That's why they're in a bit of a bind.
1: But as as they do turn on (laughs) Biden, think about this, though, artists, that. It's not Biden running the show. It's the Democrat mm-hmm. brain trust. You know what I mean? It's, it's the mm-hmm. globalist ruling class brain trust doing all of this negative stuff that's wrecking the country. And they're going to try to hang it on Biden and then come up with some other face and say, oh, look, this is going to be our leader now. But people well, need to understand that that shouldn't work.
2: Yeah. This, this whole pronoun thing is just another divide and conquer.
1: Yeah, it's to try to get everybody. Um,
2: good point. Mm-hmm.
1: to to create that's divisions like everybody has their own pronouns right. and that's like yeah. ways to divide people from one another by having different pronouns and that's uh calling attention to things that are different about mm-hmm. people and that's the one thing again that the people on top don't want is like a united uh republic mm-hmm. a un- united citizenry that thinks of themselves as shall we say america first and Loving this mm-hmm. country, loving our Constitution. Now we have to find all kinds of ways to divide us and, you know, along any kind of well, fault I mean, line that, the, the, that they can exploit to, uh, to help control election outcomes and, and the discourse as well.
2: And why are they trying to impeach two or three of the Supreme Court justices? There hasn't been a Supreme Court justice that I can find that has been impeached since like 1850. What has Thomas done wrong?
1: Yeah, well, um, Justice Thomas, or should I say Justice Thompson, as Biden's spokeswoman yeah. calls him, is uh, America's best justice, hands down. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's most Which tied is, into natural yeah. rights. He's most tied into the Constitution. And luckily, thanks to Trump, we have a few other great justices in there. And the, the left are mm-hmm. all about power. They're going to pack the court. They're going to pull all kinds of stunts. they don't get try. their way. Who likes Hank 3 out there? Thunderstorms and neon signs bringing us back. One of the all-time great road songs, if you want my opinion. Oh, heck yeah. And Hank 3 sounds an awful lot like Hank 1. And like Hank 2. It's a pretty strong singing country twang gene in that Alabama family. We love playing Hank 1 for our sacred songs, but we don't have Hank tonight. And I'll keep it in suspense what our sacred song is going to be. Thought I would brush out a little comment or two here um january 6th is uh, an object of ongoing controversy and it's essentially the next impeachment of donald trump In that the beltway class sees donald trump as an existential threat to the beltway to their power interest to the way they have been running and destroying this country which is exactly what they seem to want to be doing like i said earlier they regard people the way They regard cattle, and uh, they have no respect for people, and they don't want people who want to put America first, and are just normal, moderate, heartland Americans. They don't want to allow them to have a voice. They want to treat us like cattle, put us in corrals, and who knows what the next steps are there. We're next. At any rate, Julie Kelly has been at the forefront of the January 6th Truth Commission, (laughs) as opposed to the... Liz Cheney propaganda committee in Congress which by the way has Adam Schiff attached to it who is just lies like he breathes and I'm a little amazed that uh, you know there are some folks out there that tend to actually believe the stuff that comes out of Adam Schiff's mouth still it does and Liz Cheney's too anyway Julie Kelly wrote an essay in American greatness called January 6th for non dummies And I really do think that if you want to understand what's going on on January 6th, you really do have to digest what went on, you have to digest what Julie Kelly in particular has been saying about this. And just so I get a couple of points into the system, Julie Kelly does regard the January 6th committee as pure political theater intended to crush the MAGA movement once and for all. And in her long essay here, she makes a few points that I'll just quickly relate And she does talk about, uh, you know, the security of the Capitol on January 6th. And she says this, Congress and D.C. city officials, not Donald Trump, were responsible for protecting the Capitol. It is the primary duty of the Capitol Police Board, made up of the sergeants at arms for the Senate and the House and the architect of the Capitol, to secure the sprawling complex. But Paul Irving... Nancy Pelosi, Sergeant-at-Arms at the time, and Michael Stinger, who is now deceased, who was Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's Sergeant-at-Arms, repeatedly denied denied requests by the Capitol Police Chief for extra help days before the Capitol protest. Okay? As the chaos unfolded that afternoon, Irving and Stinger continued to delay numerous pleas to deploy the National Guard. Okay? D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser also refused to activate a significant number of guardsmen on January 6th. All right. Um, And. Julie Kelly continues on this on this point, committee members, the Congressional Propaganda Committee members and the media insist Trump bears some culpability for lax security on January 6th. But according to Kash Patel, chief of staff for the acting secretary of defense during the final weeks of the Trump administration, the president on January 4th authorized the use of 20,000 guardsmen. But the activation of those troops would have required a formal request by either Capitol Police or Bowser's office, right, which uh, they did not authorize. Trump did, but Bowser and Capitol Police did not. Okay, I've got some audio on this from Cash Patel that gets very clear on this, and with Chris Miller, um, who is the acting Secretary of Defense. But uh, just a quick point too: no police officers died on January 6th, or as a result of the protest. You're still hearing people say that these police officers died at the protest because of the protest. Didn't happen. Zero. Only four supporters of Donald Trump died on January 6th. Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boyland, Kevin Greeson, and Benjamin Phillips. Four supporters of Trump died on January 6th. But the disinformation is just crazy. They just keep pounding away that you know police officers were killed. And the New York Times went back on their officer Brian Sicknick death. He died the day after January 6th of a... What the medical examiner of D.C. said is a completely unrelated situation, no relationship at all to the January 6th protest and um, of, of a stroke. So the New York Times had to retract that. And it, it would be nice if people like understood, understood this. Another point three, no one carried firearms into the building. So Pelosi has described uh, January 6th as an armed insurrection, and that narrative has still persisted. But now, nearly uh, 20 months later, no one has been charged – no one has been charged with carrying a firearm into the building on January 6th. Four men were charged with possessing or carrying a firearm on Capitol grounds, including one man who was arrested that evening after the protest ended. The only person who used a gun on January 6th was Lieutenant, Ma, Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the cop who executed Ashley Babbitt at near point-blank range. Okay. And point four, the FBI refuses to disclose information pertaining to the use of undercover agents and informants. It is very clear that when FBI officials have been asked about Ray Epps, they always say, I cannot answer that question. Jill Sanborn, FBI counterterrorism chief member, she told Ted Cruz that I cannot answer that question about Ray Epps. I cannot answer that question. That kind of stuff is still going on. Okay. Um, They never have identified who the scaffold commander is. And by the way, some people still don't know who the scaffold commander is. The guy on the scaffold who was saying, we're going to fill the Capitol. We're going to go into the Capitol. And just so some people who don't know who the scaffold commander is, who has not yet been identified. We know who Ray Epps is, and the Congressional Propaganda Committee has not released his testimony yet. They said they were going to, but they have not released it. And if they ever were to release it, they have to release it in full, not like some selected and cherry-picked set of statements. But just so you hear the scaffold commander for those who are unaware of who this person is, who was as yet unidentified, could this person have been involved in some federal agency or another? (laughs) So that's the scaffold commander saying we're going to um, enter the Capitol, fill the Capitol. And he's up on top of this scaffold. That's why they call him scaffold man or scaffold commander. And, uh, yeah, you know, telling people – got the bullhorn telling people to go into the Capitol just like Ray Epps. Who are these people? By the way, um, people who wonder if the FBI ever gets involved in uh, domestic counterterrorism stuff, well, uh, surveillance of Americans – just look at that Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping hoax. That was a purely FBI contrived <laughs> and instigated episode which you're not seeing covered in the media. That just proves the point that the FBI is all over this kind of stuff and helping manufacture this kind of stuff. And you don't ever see that in the media. And that's why you have to understand what the deep state is up to and how they operate if you're going to be you know, effectively um, understanding what was going on or commenting on on what was going on with all this, so that's at least a bit of a precedent, yeah, with the documentation on the Whitmer hoax in which those folks were let off by the judge because the FBI incited it, said the judge, all right? Um, by the way, the fellow that was involved, that was heading the Michigan FBI field office um, around the time of the, uh, yeah, the Whitmer kidnapping hoax, Steve Antuono. well, Julie Kelly points out that he was promoted to head of the DC FBI field office in mid October 2020. So um ah interesting connections there and the the pipe bomber business uh Julie Kelly points out uh, somehow they've they've dropped the pipe bomber stuff, you know, the mysterious pipe bombs that were found by Kamala Harris's security detail um at the DNC and so forth and um you know we've done segments on all of this stuff over over the last year and a half and um Anyway, Julie Kelly concludes by just saying this. The January 6th committee is pure political theater intended to crush the MAGA movement once and for all. And like so many attempts before, the Russia collusion hoax, the first impeachment trial, the stolen 2020 election, the second impeachment trial, Democrats in the media are successfully brainwashing millions of their cult-like disciples who allow themselves to be duped time and time again by the likes of Adam Schiff. Facts... Julie Kelly says, facts, as they say, do matter, and the aforementioned list is just a handful of indisputable truths related to January 6, 2021, that the other side doesn't want the American people to see. So Julie Kelly advises, sharing this wisely, widely. And I did uh, retweet this article last night, as I just happened to be rereading it, and you know, you know, if you go over to Backbone Radio Twitter, you'll find a lot of good, key stuff, uh, important stuff, and more on this in a sec. Somehow that Dave Edmonds riff, he he has like those really tight, crisp guitar blues riffs that just sit well in my ears. How about you now? I hear you knocking, bringing us back. And yeah, just clarifying a few things about January 6th, looks like I want to have time for some of the audio from Cash Patel and some of the other folks here. But I'll just point this out, that here is what... Trump said on January 6th, near the end of his speech on January 6th. And for some reason, the propaganda committee keeps editing this portion out of Trump's speech. They they keep clipping it out. Now, is that is that a propaganda committee or what?
0: I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today
1: peacefully and patriotically, just so we have that again in the record. We've played that I don't know how many times. And then Cash Patel again said, you know, Trump, I was there, I was in the room, and Trump authorized up the 20,000 National Guard, but it has to go over for the approval of the aforementioned individuals from Julie Kelly's article, the uh, Capitol Police Board, the Sergeants at arms for the Senate and the House, and they said no. So anyway, that's just part of the fun. You know, talking these things through. Let's say hello to Rick in Aurora. Hello, Rick. Welcome aboard, sir.
0: Hey, man. How you doing? Hey, real fine. Thank you very much. Uh, listen, just to, can I sidestep just a little bit to talk about absolutely the the nonsense that the linguists in the Senate and the House. This is just. This is what obsessed me about anything. To call this bill the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. I mean, do they? Is there that many millions of people that stupid? And our situation is hopeless.
1: They're they're banking on your stupidity. They're they're banking on it and the control of the media to constrict the access to information to censor people who tell the truth. You know,
0: this is 700 pages. If people were to read this, it's insane. Yeah. It's it's a. this
1: oh, How many more billions are gonna be spent oh, in the order to try to reduce them? they're gonna call it the Inflation Reduction yeah, Act? Yeah, yeah. But
0: but here's the thing. This <laughs> is this Matt, this is great how they do this and they do this all the time. We know that. They have professional yeah. linguists they hire to propagandize, quote, the average guy. But anyhow, near the and I've been trying to read these pages <laughs> and it says and it will also be fantastic to bring down the national debt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also budget deficit, and I laugh. I go, okay, I'll put my life on on both inflation and reduction of the deficit. You know, through this act, give me a break.
1: By the way, keep in mind the same people who say we're not in a recession right now, and the same oh. people who say this is going to reduce inflation by spending all this extra billions of dollars, <laughs> they're the same people who said that in Trump's Trump's trade policy was going to cause inflation, that Trump's trade policy was going to ruin the American economy. When, of course, it did the opposite. We had the golden era yep. under Trump. The same people. It's just a racket. You know, politics is all just a racket. I hate to say it, but... Uh, well,
0: yeah, it, but it becomes so... I just get disgusted. I, I just... You well,
1: and I salute you for digging into that and looking into that, you know, and, um, you know, uh, you're seeing a lot of information on that, and I think people's eyes kind of glaze over the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um course it's going to have the opposite effect but it's of going to course. somehow empower the people that they want money in their wallets from the taxpayer and that's the whole point of all this
0: and that's buried that's why all these uh fake bills have hundreds of pages they sneak in stuff that no one knows about but it's there
1: and then they don't give the congress people time to like read it and digest it and look at it before they have to vote on it you know it's yeah, like here yeah. you go and let's vote right now
0: i guess my question is how much uh, did Mansion get paid off <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was looking up that Manchin. He's somehow promoting green energy, this this guy from coal country in West Virginia, but he does have a little tiny bit of leverage, and Sundance was pointing this out at the treehouse this morning, that uh, he could switch parties to GOP if Schumer and the Democrats don't keep up with some of their promises they made that somehow Manchin thinks will advantage West Virginia. So he, he could jump ship. That's at least a speculation point from uh, from Sundance. Right. But um, for Manchin to even sign on on this at all, it makes me wonder if he really does want to run again in 2024, which I believe is when he's slated to run again. So, he's we true. shall see.
0: He, his, yeah, His wallet's fed. He's true.
1: Well, right on, Rick. And okay. I salute you for doing some digging on that yeah. and bringing that up. So, all, right. all the best to you, and I always like to say, good luck with your next marathon. So I've got a 5K coming up, just so you know. All right. Anyway, thank you, Rick, and I'm gonna see if I can finish that 5K without crying. You know, and let's uh, let's see uh, Pam and Centennial next in line. And hello, Pam. Welcome.
3: Well, hi, Doctor. I'm an I'm a dentist in Parker. Oh, great, and wonderful. I, yeah, I see a lot of my patients are very conservative. I've pretty much gotten rid of all the liberals. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, this whole. Things. Such a, That is just theater, and it's such a witch hunt. You don't have a trial without the person being tried able to answer the charges. And you don't have such lying, and that that uh, Hutchison girl, what a... Oh, that was just one lie after work. another
1: from Cassidy Hutchinson, and if oh, you look into... Some more details yeah. about her. You know, she at one time claimed to be an insurrectionist herself, and she was. If you look at her background, and uh, you know, she she, she, she it's just one lie after another. We you know kind of covered that. But yeah. uh, hey, honored to speak to a dental colleague. This is this is like yeah. super cool. I need,
3: a, I need a bridge, so I might have to call you for as a patient too. So.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> you, you're totally invited. But and remember, this January sixth committee. <laughs> For the first time ever, they did not let the Republican minority leader, the Republican leader, put the people he wanted on this committee. Nancy Pelosi blocked that. So it's just stacked propaganda from the beginning. And anything that has Adam Schiff breathing anywhere near it, or Liz Cheney as well, nothing from it can be distrusted, uh, can can be trusted.
3: No, this is so ridiculous. And I don't trust that there's going to be a turnover of the House and Senate in '22 because they are going to cheat. There's going to be an October surprise, and uh, Fauci will be involved in the October surprise, and people are still in fear of COVID, and so all you have to do is say, oh, there's another, you know, derivation of uh, a, a new variant, and it's, it's, that people are so idiotic. Well, I so think, idiotic. Pam,
1: Dr. Pam, you're totally justified in just not feeling very trusting about election integrity in this country. And I just think Rasmussen poll data says that around 80% of the American people are very concerned about election integrity. It's one of their top issues, and uh, it's repeatedly and, and they
3: polled. Couldn't even let they couldn't even let any of the people that testified or said that uh, there was some fishy stuff happening... They wouldn't let any of them speak. Everything was just covered up,
1: choreographed, covered up, just like you know the fake impeachment bad. stuff. And uh, you know, you see, they're so afraid of Trump. They're so afraid that he might run again that they're going to have to at some point charge him and arrest him. Julie Kelly also says she's ninety nine percent sure they're going to arrest Donald Trump. You know, um, because he's the guy that is the threat to their power. He's he's the guy that can stop Americans from having to eat bugs in the future and having World Economic Forum types steal their cars and their farmland and their private properties so that uh, we can own nothing and they can own everything. He's the one big obstacle that they face to that, so they're going to have to arrest him. And they, you'll notice that from the start, they've had to keep him under the cloud of suspicion, under the cloud of investigation from Mueller-Russia hoax to impeachment to impeachment to constant endless media hoaxes they have got. They're They're like an unpopular elite, and they know it. So they have to pull every stunt they can that they, they can happen. control to kind of keep Trump under the cloud, and it's unfortunate that too many of the American people—you know there's a declining amount that seem to be, you know, swayable and brainwashable, but these cult-like people that are on top. I don't know, Pam. Sorry, I, I talk know. too much, but I, uh, and, uh, well, just, we
3: need to we need to take the millennials and let them go go see what real communism is, and. You know, because I know a few people that have lived in the communist, under the communist
1: And they know it. We need a refresher course on communism. Thank you, Pam.